Welcome to Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and equips you to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Let me read to you Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be starting in verse number 8, reading through verse number 9, and then we're going to start a two-part series that I think will be a blessing to us all. It says this, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Then it says in verse 9, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and the God of peace will be with you. If you're taking notes today, I want to start a two-part series called Stop That, Start This. Okay, that's kind of like, that's like the, the overall title of this two-part series. The subtitle of the message today would simply be, I'm Optimistic. So again, we're talking about Stop That, Start This, but more specifically today, today we're talking about this whole idea of I'm Optimistic. Um, if you're sitting with your spouse, would you just look at them and say, I'm optimistic. If you're sitting by yourself, let's just go ahead and talk to ourselves. Say, I'm optimistic. All right, let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. I'm just going to assume I could hear you say amen. I could hear it in my mind. So um, he- here's the deal. Here's what we're talking about over the course of the next couple of weeks. Okay, we're talking about this whole idea of what it means to keep our minds right. Have you noticed how easy it has become, especially over the course of the past 20 to 22 weeks, somewhere in that span? It's been so long, I don't know anymore. But have you noticed how easy it is to get down and to get disheartened and to get negative over all the things that are taking place in our world. I know for me personally, as a pastor, um, it was so hard if we go back so many weeks ago um, to come to terms with the fact that we couldn't meet together as a church. And so we went online and it was like 16, 17 weeks of going online. And it was a great time. And we, we grew so much in that. We got a lot of different perspective. But then the information came that, you know, we get to open back up again. And man, I was so excited. Vanessa was so excited. You were so excited. And here we are. We're opening up church. Four or five weeks later, man, we got to change again. And I got to be honest with you. I battled with some negative thoughts in that moment. I felt so disheartened to, to, to go to a place where we couldn't meet, to where we could meet, and, and now we can't meet. And then if we want to try to meet, um, it's difficult to pull off. And it is so, it, it's just been so easy for me to kind of go into what I call negative land and to get down about everything and to be disheartened about everything. And I don't know if you've ever gotten to this place, but, but I know I have. I'd be like, Lord, why has this got to be so hard? Why has this got to be so crazy? Why are we still talking about having to renew our minds and step away from negativity and deal with anxiety and all these different things because of what we're going through? And it's as if the Lord reminded me of Philippians chapter four, but he also reminded me of John 16, 33. And here's what it says. It literally says this. It says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Then it says this, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome 
the world. It's almost as if God said, look, here's the deal. I'm going to set it straight for you again. In this life, it will not be easy. In this life, you will experience trouble. In this life, you will be disheartened. But it's as if the Lord said, but rich, you have a choice. And God would say the same thing to you. He would say, you have a choice to allow these things to get deep into your heart and get down. Or you have the option to really focus on the thoughts that you're thinking. Because we, we know this to be true. The, the thoughts that we think eventually become the words that we speak. And the words that we speak become the words that we believe. And the words that we believe usually determine the actions and the things that we do. Where does it all start? It, it starts up here. There, there's been a couple of things that I've, I've often always known about our thought life and about, about you know, really um, making sure that we, we keep things in proper perspective. And it's really been this whole idea is that we will often find what we are looking for. In life, it's so true. You will always find what you're looking for. Th- think of think of the buzzard or, or the hummingbird. If you've been with us for any length of time, you've heard this illustration from me before. But they find exactly what they're looking for. Now, a buzzard, I'm going to pop it up on the screen here. Look at this thing right here. That's one ugly looking bird. I mean, I don't. Want, I shouldn't call it ugly. God created, he created all things. But sometimes you wonder like, hey, God, why did you make this bird <laughs> look this way? But that's that's one crazy looking bird. Well, what does a buzzard do? A buzzard flies around looking for dead things. Now look at the picture of this hummingbird. All right, now that looks a lot better. That hummingbird looks so much better than that that buzzard. But what does a hummingbird look for? Well, a hummingbird looks for things that are sweet. What's the principle? Either way, whether the buzzard or whether the hummingbird, they will always find what it is that they are looking for. And friends, in our life, it is no different. If we want to find negative we can find it. If we want to find positive, we can find it. We know where to find negative. Turn on the news, go on social media, follow certain platforms. Negativity can just come on just like that. And I think we've all been there. I don't know about you, but it's like, I had to put that thing down for a while. I had to stop looking at the news. Why? Because it made me negative. It made me upset. It, 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 it brought up some things that, that weren't really, like, like Philippians said, really praiseworthy to even think about. So I had to switch. Notice the words of Proverbs eleven twenty seven. It says, he who diligently seeks, um, se- seeks good, seeks favor. But he who seeks evil, um, evil will come to him. What, what is the scripture saying? It's saying that you will find exactly what you're looking for. Now, when you use this word optimistic, um, there's an optimist and there's a pessimist. The, the optimist, the, the, you know, the, the cup overflows and they're excited about it. The pessimist, the cup overflows and the house is going to be a mess. They, in other words, the optimist, man, there's always a good outlook. The pessimist, oh, I've got to find a negative. I started to think about reasons um, where I could be optimistic. And I came to this analogy that I'm optimistic based on God's words and, and not my feelings. We, we know this tribute to your, your feelings should always serve you. For example, if something is getting ready to take place, let's say you're getting ready to walk across the street and all of a sudden a car is just coming your way, that fear serves you to run across that street. But he, here's the thing, and that's a, you know, an illustration, but let's think about fear or, or anxiety or anything. When that feeling comes, it should always push you 
towards the things of God or, or God's word. So, so when fear comes, it serves me and it serves me to know that I'm not to be a person of fear for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that fear came, it pushed me to the scriptures and now I'm not fearful, I'm, I'm walking in faith. I have the peace of God. So feelings, they serve you. And so I'm optimistic because of what God's word says. So when I look at this world and I look at all the things going on, I realize this to be true. I'm optimistic because God's word gives me so many things to be optimistic about. Okay, so here's what I want to do. From the book of Romans chapter 8, I want to encourage you to go back and read uh, Romans chapter 8, maybe when we're done today. But I, 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 found, I found 23 reasons that we could be optimistic about, about life in general, based on God's word. Now, I'm not going to give you all 23 because that would just be crazy. Uh, some of you are like, I, I can't, I can't do, I, I can't do 23, but I was able to narrow them down to eight things, um, that we could be optimistic about based upon, upon God's word. And so I want to give them to you. I want to encourage you to take notes, but I, I think these are, these are going to be things this week that as we go through our study time or, or as you're spending time in, in God's word, that you can go back to these set of notes. And you can begin to fill your mind. Remember, Philippians, think on these things. These are the things that we need to think about to be optimistic, especially in the days ahead, especially in the uncertainty of not knowing when things are going to change. When can we go back to church? When can we can we do activities with our family? When can we just show up to a restaurant, go inside and, and have a meal? I mean, all these things that we're so used to doing, when can we begin to do that? Well, I want to give you eight things. Eight things that will allow you to be optimistic based upon God's word. And here's number one, okay? We can be optimistic, number one, because our sins are forgiven and heaven is our home. Man, that's powerful. Look at Romans 8 verses 1 through 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Here's the deal. I could be optimistic in this life because there is a future home awaiting me. I'm, heaven is my home. This life is temporary. These struggles are temporary. If I can get beyond what's going on right now and focus on the fact that I'm going to heaven, I'm going to sit around the throne. I'm going to cry holy with the angels and the saints. Man, there's a great day coming. And so it just leads me to this whole idea of, hey, you know what? I'm optimistic because my sins are forgiven and heaven is my home. Secondly, because Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for us. I'm optimistic, number two, because Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for us. Romans 8, 34. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Now, I don't know if you, you know, people pray for you, if you have somebody in your life that when they just pray over you, by the time they're done praying, man, you're, you're ready just to run through a wall. You're ready to do something for Jesus. If you went to them for prayer because you were down, when you leave them, man, you are fired up. Everything is okay. The joy of the Lord is in you. The peace of God comes. The joy of God comes. 
Man, that feeling is amazing. I've had some mentors in my life that when they pray over me, man, it's as if I can go out and conquer the world. It just happened a couple of days ago. My youth pastor, my mentor, man, he prayed with me. And by the time he was done praying, I was like, man, we, we got this. We can do this. Now think about this. As great as that is, can you imagine the fact that Jesus himself is sitting at the right hand of God praying for you. I could be optimistic because Jesus is praying over me. That's a powerful thing. Okay, number three. Here's what it says. Because our future victory is greater than our present pain. Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I am optimistic because our future victory is greater than our present pain. Now, now Paul is saying this, and you're thinking, well, man, that's, that's easy for Paul to say. But if you know the scriptures, man, Paul went through some pain. But there's this highlight of saying, hey, what we feel now doesn't compare to the glory that we're going to feel and that we're going to sense and that we're going to be surrounded with one day. So I'm optimistic that my present pain Man, I, I, I tell you right now, my present pain doesn't compare to the goodness of, of what God has for me. Look at James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and that endurance have its perfect result, great word, perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. That scripture is saying this, is that when those troubles come, endure it. Okay, number four. We can be optimistic because our minds can be filled with the peace of God. Romans 8, 6, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. What does God's word do? God's word, when we meditate on those good things, takes away negative thoughts and it gives us good thoughts, God thoughts, which are thoughts of peace. God's word gives you peace peace. Okay, number five, we can be optimistic because God is for us. Romans 8, 31, we know this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Okay, so in this, in, in the stage of life that we find ourselves in, there could be a lot of people that are against us. There could be a lot of people that don't agree with what we believe and what we say and, and what we do. There could be a lot of people who get upset because, um, I don't know, we're serving 2,450 boxes throughout the city of San Luis Obispo, roughly 750 boxes right here at our, at our church campus. And they're upset because there's cars taking up the roads and people can't navigate. They're upset with us. And it's like, man, okay. And so they're, they're against us. They're, they're, they're calling into the city. They're, they're doing all these things. And it's like, man, it feels like we're doing good here, but someone's not, not happy with us. And that's just one example. Think of all the things that you do and that you believe that people say, well, I'm, I'm against that. Here's the deal. People can be against you. If God is for you, it does not matter. You and I, all we need is God for us. I remember one time a mentor of mine said this to someone. They were kind of talking about the way that they did outreach and all this stuff. And he said these words, and I've always remembered it. And it sounds, sounds a little upfront, but there's some truth packed to it. He says, you know what? I like the way I'm doing it, 
better than the way you're not. And so what does that mean? That means sometimes people will, they'll knock us for what we believe. They'll knock us for what we do. But you know what? If God is for us, I would rather do something than do nothing. So I like the way I'm doing it better than the way you're not. And it's powerful truth that packs a punch. Okay, number six, we can be optimistic because God's spirit helps us in our weakness. Look at Romans 8, 24. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it, our victory in Christ. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Okay, so I'm optimistic because in my weakness, God's power is made great. You know, that's, you, you'll know that from the book of Corinthians. It's in my weakness that is his power is made great. Think about this. Whenever we are down, the Holy Spirit holds us up. Whenever we are hurting, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Whenever we feel alone, the Holy Spirit is our friend. Whenever we are weak, the Holy Spirit is strong in us. In this moment, we can be optimistic because God helps us overcome our weakness. And I'm so thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's, let's, let's turn the corner here. Two more points and then we'll close, okay? Number seven, we can be optimistic because God is working everything in our lives for the good. We know Romans 8, 20, uh, Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Now it says that he works all things, now, what does that mean in the Greek? What does it mean in the Hebrew? Ready? All. <laughs> he works all things together for our good, for those that love him and that are called according to his purpose. So there's not one bad thing that happens to us that God can't use for his good. And I think one of them is even right now. Think about this. We're, we're, we're doing church online. What the enemy meant for harm, God can use for the good. Right now, there are more people throughout this time of the 20-some weeks that have gone to church online because churches had to shut down and all of a sudden social media feeds were flooded with church services. It's like you just want to go, well, take that devil. People have been saved because they were scrolling through their social media on a Sunday morning and they saw a church or a friend shared a post and a person watched and they heard the gospel and they were saved. A bad situation was turned and it was used for good. I'm optimistic because of that. Number eight, we can be optimistic because nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Look at Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, there is nothing in this world that separates you from a loving God. No matter where you go, God is there. No matter what you do, God still loves you. No matter what happens in your life, God is still for you. Here's the truth. You can't outrun his love. You can't do something to cause him to stop loving you. You can't run away from his presence. Listen, God will chase you down. Mentor of mine would always say this. He said, why are you running from God? Because all he's going to do when you go to him is he's going to love you. 
The, the truth is, nothing in this world can separate us from the love of God. And friends, as we as we join here today and we we understand the times that we are in, and we understand that there's things that we've done in this season that that we don't we don't normally do. It would be easy to get down on ourselves and to think that God must be disappointed in me. God must be disappointed in us. In this moment where we should have been full of faith, we've been full of fear. And you would go and you'd be down on yourself. Don't do that. God still loves you. God is still for you. Maybe your marriage has struggled in this time. You think, well, God must not be happy with me because I couldn't keep my marriage together. We've been fighting and we've been at each other and I should be better than that. And that self-talk comes in. It starts in your mind, that negativity. God still loves you. I haven't given up on you. You can look to your children, your job, your finances, all these things. And we can come up with so many reasons on why God can't love us because of what we've done. But the truth is, He still loves us. And He still cares. So I've got great news for you today. We can be optimistic. Here's what we have to stop doing. Stop being negative. Stop being fearful. Stop that. Start this. Start renewing your mind with God's word. Start speaking life over every situation. Start praying in ways that you've never prayed before. Start reading God's word like you never have before. Start getting in books that elevate your faith and and give you wisdom. Start doing all of these things. Stop being negative. Start being positive. Be optimistic because, because your sins are forgiven. Because Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father praying for you in this moment. Because your present sufferings are not worth comparing to the future glory that God has for you. Start feeling your mind because of the peace of God that will come. Be optimistic because God is for you and therefore who could be against you. Start being optimistic because God's spirit works in your weakness. Start being optimistic because God is working all things for the good. And start being optimistic. Start being positive. Start thinking this way because nothing can separate you from the love of God. Here's what I choose to believe. I choose to believe in the goodness of God. And I'm asking you today, would you do that too? Would you continue, or maybe if you're watching this, would you just start to believe in the goodness of God? Because he's with us, because he's for us. Amen. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media to hear more about what God is doing through our church at Canyon Hills, San Luis Obispo. For more information, visit us at canyonhills.com.